0: Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Food, Real Conversations podcast. I'm super excited about today's episode. Um, last episode, I talked about um, health and movement and exercise in general, and how that is one piece of the overall puzzle. Of for me, especially how I kind of got myself to a in a good place, you know, health wise, and still working on it. And then today, we're going to talk to one of my favorite people, um, and I want to have her introduce herself because it's a really, really awesome conversation we're about to have. Go ahead.
1: Thank you for having me on, Sophia. So I'm Dr. Nicole. I'm a naturopathic doctor. I live in Colorado, see patients here in person a couple days a week, but otherwise my practice is pretty much remote with uh, patients all over the country. And yeah, that's what I do.
0: And um, I already told everybody in my actual, my last episode, um, I actually see Dr. Nicole and she has uh, just made huge differences in me as far as understand not only just in me health wise, but also understanding the body and how it works and, and more so than just like what your doctor will tell you. And I'm not against my, you know, my regular doctor. She's awesome. She's an osteopath. I love her. But um, when I went through fertility, I really saw the the combination of Eastern and Western philosophies and how that is what made me successful um, to have a baby. It wasn't just one practice, it was everything together and understanding each other and being open to everything. Um, so I'm entering It's I actually just thought of this. So my beginning of my fertility life, I had all this and now my end of my fertility.
1: (laughs) You're going back.
0: Yes, I'm going back. Um, so one of the things actually that Dr. Nicole has uh, shown me is there is a huge connection between our mental health and our emotions and our physical health. And that for me has been really eye opening because I feel like I've always gone through life thinking that, um, when I don't feel well, I've attributed, most of the time I attribute it to allergies. I'm like, Oh gosh, I, I, you know, my head hurts or my nose or my, which is interesting. Cause she finds this a lot. My lung, my right lung is always kind of like bothering me and I'm like, Oh, my allergies, it must be my allergies. Well, it's, very eye-opening when um, we do some work together, and we'll talk, I'll let her talk to you more about that, that um, it's within, like, by the next day, like, I feel totally better. Cool, good. And it's like, I'm not, if it's a true cold or something coming on, like, it's not just going to go away like that. Right. You know, it's like, so, uh, it's just, it's interesting. Talk a little bit more about that with us. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think emotional work is something that is so overlooked when it comes to most people's health. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't necessarily think of myself as like Eastern medicine. I think naturopathic medicine has a lot of combo of Eastern and Western because it's really using our body and our physiological processes, like things that are involved in biochemical issues in the body is like what I think of as Western medicine too. So it's kind of a combo, but when what I use a lot for emotional work has to do a lot with Eastern, which is what emotions, and this is all from Chinese medicine is like, what emotions are linked to what organ systems. And we've all felt this before. If we were driving and somebody cuts us off, we might feel that feeling in our stomach, or we might feel like something in our heart and And so we know that stress can cause these emotional feelings in the body, or stress can cause these physical sensations in the body. But what happens when it's like a bigger trauma or a bigger stress or like everything that's going on right now in the world? Like we know that every time somebody encounters something that is stressful, that it can create proteins, and then those proteins store in the body. And what I like doing is using different modalities that find where those proteins are stored and just help them release from the system. I just feel like most people's imbalances are three things really at the root cause. There's infectious burden usually, some sort of chronic infection that's not coming up as like you know, what we think of as a viral infection with like sniffly nose and a sore throat. It's like these chronic infections people I think are more starting to get familiar with when it comes to like gut health. There's either a toxic burden or there's emotional or what I like to say to my male patients, just stress that hasn't (laughs) been they don't love the word emotional, but that hasn't been cleared from the body. And I think if you think about your whole life, like we've all been through some stuff and we're not always old enough or cognizant enough to process it. And so I just I like using different modalities just to help the body to release anything that is stored that hasn't been able to leave. I have a
0: lot of things stored that are not, have not been able to leave.
1: (laughs) I feel like a lot of people do though, because it's just not something, and some people are really surprised what comes up. Right. And yeah. And I think it's like some people are like, Oh, I haven't really thought about that. And what I think is most important to remember is that a lot of things that are happening now that stress us out. And sometimes we don't really understand why it's stressing us out they're actually just pulling a string of something that happened when we were younger. It's just called a trigger, right? Like we've heard all these different statements, like you really push my buttons or that guy really knows how to pull my strings. I mean, it's all these different analogies related to, It's just triggering something that when we were younger, likely we couldn't process or didn't know how to process. And we don't really know why it's bothering us so much if we really think about it. And so sometimes it's just like wiping out and kind of clearing the energy off that first thing. And then we realize that like things don't trigger us quite as much, which is a really nice place to be.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, and do you think, because I've, you know, through the schooling that I have done like in in college and, and past and further our mind is, our mind and our, it, it, our mind is there to actually kind of protect us. Yeah. So we may not, we we may not remember or know partially because our body's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah.
1: To protect it's just us. Disconnecting. I mean, there's a lot of research out there that it's like any like age eight and below, we just don't really know how to process things, and so it's, it's hard to, and if you're not processing it, then it stays. I think Woody Allen said, like, I don't get mad. I just grow a tumor. I mean, it's like that whole idea of just like whatever you can't express, you're going to repress and you don't want to repress stuff because it's going to come out in some other way. And most of the time it's not pretty. Right. And so I think if it's triggering, you know, some people do have really like a lot of trauma And they left their body for some of it, or they blanked out or they disassociated so they wouldn't have to experience it. And you're right. That's a protective mechanism. And then when you're older and you're in a safe space and you're feeling like you're able to process it, oftentimes that stuff will come up or people will remember things. And and it's just your body's ready to finally let go of that. And it creates a lot more space for healing.
0: Which is great. I mean, and it's true. I mean, for me, especially, I mean, cause I have the whole anxiety thing. Like I can tell when I'm having like an anxious moment, but it's yeah. every single time I think I've met with you that I've, you've always told me things that I'm like, how did you know my right lung was bothering me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I love muscle testing and I probably should, we probably should have like led with that. So people, I, I don't claim to be like psychic or anything, but I love using <laughs> muscle testing as a tool and. Muscle testing can seem a lot like a magic show when we're doing it even in person. And so when it's remote, it really looks like a magic show. But energy is energy. It knows no space or time. And so that's why it can work remotely. And if people are open-minded to start, which a lot of people generally are open-minded, they just want to feel better. And that's- yeah that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, when I was in medical school, I was like, I'm not going to use homeopathy. I'm not going to use muscle testing. I'm not going to use these weird little vials because they look weird. And I don't want people to think I'm doing crazy medicine. And the bottom line is I use all of them now because I just want people to get better faster. And I just feel like whatever tools we can use, even if they look a little weird or unordinary, you know, they help people get better faster. And that's, I think what everybody likes to experience. And so people can kind of understand it, but muscle testing is essentially just communicating with someone's nervous system and we're electrical. I mean, we know that if, you know, that there's electrical stuff that goes through us and it's all based off quantum physics, which is very well researched and documented. And so it's, it can seem a little bit like psychic friends network, but at the end of the day, it really is just communicating with someone's nervous system, even if it's remotely.
0: Well, it's amazing because, I mean, I work with you remotely, but when I first did muscle testing, when I went through fertility, because what happened was after my third, like beyond failed IVF, like so failed, it wasn't even funny. Um, mm. I looked for something else, you know, I was like, there has to be like, I just, there was something in my gut that's like, you're not done, you're not done. And I was done with traditional, you know, the IVF, all the poking, the, I, I needed a break. I'm like, and, but in that break, I'm a doer. So in that break, I'm like, what else can I do? And I found this um, holistic nutritionist and she did muscle testing. And my husband, Joe called her my voodoo doctor, because <laughs> it's true. Like you look and you go inside and you see these vials and it looks very different. But like you said, like, I think most people that go there are ready and open-minded for something else. Cause you wouldn't go really if you weren't you know, because most of us start with our regular doctor, traditional American medicine, and we get to a point where we know something more is happening and we don't have answers. And so we come to you guys because, which is sad. I wish it was the opposite.
1: You know, and it's okay. We are a lot like a a last stop shop for a lot of people, right? You've kind of existed, exhausted your options and we're like the ninth doctor you've seen and you eat a often, a lot of people don't have a lot of patience, and, and that's okay. I get it because we've all, we've all been there where you just are kind of at like, all right, this is my last attempt. Right. So fine. Push on my arm. Tell me what it's saying. Right. It's kind of like, I'm just going to just go into it. And I think that's fine. But I think what people really love about, you know, whether it's naturopathic medicine or holistic, more holistic medicine, functional medicine is that we spend a lot more time with our patients. And at least for me, I really believe my patients have all the answers. I mean, there's people are very intuitive. You you know more than anybody else what's going on. You know your body the best. And so if I can just aid in that by asking your body in the order it wants to heal and how it wants to heal, like it's a win-win for everybody.
0: What I also feel like I also see the difference between like the almost like I feel like traditional medicine, there's like a chart flow. Like this, 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 the and And there's no like, there's no gray area. There's no fluidity. There's no, it's either this or this or this or this or this. And that's kind of like, in general, my brand was started, you know, and I mean, not started, but my brand has developed into going away from black and white, like in the food world. Like you either have to eat like this or you have to eat like this. And if you don't eat like this all the time, then you can't. And it's like, well, why not? Sometimes I feel like eating this and sometimes my body wants this. And the more we listen to ourselves you know, that's what I've learned through everything. And that's kind of why I feel like a pretty big connection with that. And I just wish that it was more, I wish insurance covered it, number one. Oh, yeah. Because it's ridiculous that it doesn't. Um, And just saying that, well, you could use HSA money isn't enough. It needs to cover some of this, you know, because this is like, but the problem is, is that it's a person first, and I don't think our medical system is ready to be person first. I think that there's a lot of um stuff behind it that doesn't want you to be person first. And not to say that, I mean, like my general doctor is amazing. She really is. She's not the one that jumps to medicine. She's not the she listens and um, but she also can only do so much with the tools she's given.
1: Totally. I mean, I think the reason I was drawn so much to naturopathic medicine is because it's not we want to know like what the root cause is. Right. And I don't believe it's like a deficiency in a prescription drug for the majority of people. Sure. There's some women who need thyroid medication for a time being, or, you know, for some people they do need antidepressants for like for time being or whatever. I mean, they're there, but for the majority of the time, It is not a prescription deficiency. It's something else going on. It's usually one of those three things that I mentioned at the core. And that's what I'm interested in is because I believe the body has like this beautiful, innate way of healing itself, just if it's given the right tools. And so if we can find out, and like I said, one of my tools I like to use is muscle testing, but there's other tools too, through labs or different things. And And if we can find out what those missing pieces are, then the person can heal fast. I mean, it doesn't have to be a really long, slow process. And I think just that, you know, emotional piece, which is really overlooked can be such a big piece to it too. And maybe that's why it comes up sometimes more when I'm working with somebody just because it hasn't been addressed yet. But I think, you know, I don't, I'm not a therapist and I don't do talk therapy. And I think talk therapy can be a wonderful tool. Like the emotional tools that I use, at least one of my favorite ones is NET neuroemotional technique. And it's fast, right? I mean, we're not spending like a long time on it. It's just, it brings up an issue that needs to be resolved. We breathe into it or we do the different things we need to do to clear it. And a lot of people say it feels like six years of therapy in 30 seconds because we're not guessing what the original trigger was. And so I feel like a lot of times talk therapy and NET can go, you know, I have patients who do both, but for some people who are just like, I just want to get to some of the root causes of this stuff. It's a a great, easy, fast tool.
0: Yeah. It was actually the first time we did it. It was interesting. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And well, because it it, shocked, honestly, it shocks me because You'll say something like, No, it's not that. I'm like, Well, how do you know?
1: Right? <laughs> I know. It's so
0: weird because, and then you'll dig deeper and dig deeper, and, and it challenges me because I, it's funny, I'm full of emotion, but I'm not an emotional person. Like, yeah. I, I don't, um, you won't see me in public being touchy feely or being like, Not that it's, I don't understand why, because I grew up with, parents we hugged all the time and it wasn't like I grew up like that I think it's just the way I am I think emotions make me nervous I think that you know I I just I'm not so the quick fast thing is all good for me but it's also interesting because you'll be like nope it's not that it it I it's this it's this and I'm, I'm remembering one thing in particular um I a session in particular that I was like I don't know what you're talking about and then I actually just kind of sat there and it like just hit me. I was like, oh my
1: God. Well, I think that's like the interesting part. And I, I try to reiterate this. And sometimes I don't always remember, but when we're clearing emotional stuff, like we have to remember like emotions aren't logical, right? Like if emotions were logical, most of the time we we would just choose not to feel a certain way. And it's like, it's not always that easy, right? Especially when it's something that is being triggered and most things are subconscious. Like we operate in a very scary way, like 98% from our subconscious. subconscious. And so I'm looking for that, those, you know, if you actually to get your mind out of it, just like what comes up, like gut reaction. Right. And I think that's when those silly things come up that we didn't we weren't always consciously aware of our bringing down our health. Like for instance, like when somebody's like anger at my best friend comes up, let's say, or whatever. And the people are like, I'm not angry at her. Like I love her. And it's like, no, I know. Like just put it aside for a second. What's the first thing that comes up? And it's like, I'm angry that my life doesn't look like hers or whatever. And then it's like, perfect. That's what we need to clear. Why do you want that hanging around in your subconscious? Right. And so I think sometimes it's just, it's exactly what you said. It's like, just sitting there for a second, like what comes up? Like that's, try not to search for it too much. Right. And then if we go bring it back to an age and we say seven years old and a memory comes up at seven, oftentimes it might seem really silly because it's like, oh, that's such a, yeah. But when you were seven, it was huge. It was a big deal. Like that's the kind of stuff that just needs to move out of our subconscious to create room and space and and for some more healing. And I do feel like a lot of people say like, oh, it feels like I just took a heavy jacket off that I didn't know I was wearing or, you know, yeah. some people are like tired or emotional afterwards and they find it really kind of silly, but just whenever you're letting go of something or releasing something, like it can feel, it can feel that way, especially if it's something you've held on to or a belief system you've held on to for a long time. Well, and I just think
0: it's so interesting that it, it, Get, like the physical symptoms that come with things, like yeah. other than like, I mean, I know, I think most of us know that anxiety can make your belly hurt or your t- chest tight, and that that seems pretty. But then there's other things, like I mean, I I think you've cleared for me, like my right lung multiple times.
1: Yeah. Well, so what's really interesting, <laughs> and I found this really fascinating, and I think my patients do too. So. Um, At my office in my clinic in Colorado, where I'm there twice a week seeing people in person, there's a big chart that like hangs on my wall and it has all the different emotions that are paired with different organ systems. And people like love it because they're like, Ooh, what's going on? You know, I always have stomach problems and it's like the stomach emotions. And again, this is all based off Chinese medicine, but like stomach might be something like Worried or low self esteem, and like the liver tends to represent more like anger, right? We think like the angry alcoholic, or um, like bothered or resentment. And our lungs, you know, they hold grief. Sometimes they hold feelings stuck or sadness. And so, really, it's interesting. Your body's going to store things in different places based on the emotion that comes up, and that's what I always just think is so fascinating. And And then we know that those proteins can release and, you know, all this stuff has been studied and shown in like different brain scans. And it's just, I think the more and more that comes out like that, because some people do need that. Like I need to read the research, right? Even though we know that like, there's so many things that are amazing that don't have a bunch of studies on and they don't need to because people know they work. But I think it's cool when there's more stuff that comes out about it for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially because, you know, let's be real. I mean, it's, this is stuff that it's so such less it has a big impact but a less impact in the sense of like medicine or whatever you know like you have a headache jump to taking advil well what about have you eaten today have you drank your water today are you getting enough sleep like all these things that aren't jump to taking advil like cuz my oldest son he gets headaches a lot um, and he also has anxiety And so when he was, gosh, I think it was when he was in kindergarten, he started, he got migraines, like severe migraines, um, to the point where one day I was, he would like get to the point where he would throw up. Um, One day I was walking him to school and we're around the corner from school and he looks at me, he goes, mommy, I can't see. And I'm like, uh, what? (laughs) Oh my gosh yeah, everything was blurry. And then all of a sudden he was better. And I was like, okay. And it was jogathon day. And he was in kindergarten and he had an amazing kindergarten teacher. And we were right there. So I was like, well, you know, this is what just happened. Can you keep an eye on him? And then within 10 minutes, I wasn't even off campus yet because we walked to school. Um, She called me on my cell phone. She's like, you need to come get him. He just threw up in the bathroom. So it was a migraine that was starting or whatever. And I was like, I knew inside I'm like something's going on. Like this is not your normal. And I thank God we have an amazing pediatrician who is really hardcore at like figuring out the deep root of the issue. And of course the first thing she said, he needs an MRI, let's just cover that base. And you know, I'm sitting there freaking out. Well, thank God she's so hardcore about it, but we had this MRI and he found, they found, which is crazy, that in his deepest sinus cavity, that's like in his brain, like the deepest of deepest sinus cavity. He had—they called it the worst infection they've ever seen. Wow! But there was no physical symptom of an infection right. other than the headache. There was no runny nose. There was no nothing. It was this festering in there infection. Wow! And had she not done this MRI, had she been a doctor that was like, "Here's the medicine. Here's that. Here's
1: yeah. this.
0: We." who knows what could have happened? Right. Right. And so, you know, we did because of the infection, she put him on, like, it was a, like a very low, low, low dose of some medicine to slowly get the infection so that it doesn't kill the bad stuff in his body. Um, which is great, but he's always been kind of prone to this, you know, headache thing. And now like I, I watch it because if it gets bad again, it's like, I wonder if it's come back. So I don't know, maybe in the future,
1: there's something that we might need to do and to figure out why. Yeah. Sounds headaches. like, I know. I'm like, I need to test him.
0: Um, but when he gets headaches, like because of also his anxiety, I'm always like, what have you been drinking? What have you been eating? Have you gotten fresh air? Especially now, you know, off your screens, um, it's, you're, we're doing all these simple things versus you know, and not that what you do is simple in any way, but it's more thinking about the body and what it needs versus like putting a piece of tape on it.
1: Totally. Our lifestyle is, is absolutely huge. And like, at least I know for naturopathic, our like hierarchy of treatment, you know, we always want to start with like the least invasive before we get to anything that's more invasive, right? Because in California, when I practice there and I still hold a license there, you know, we can prescribe and we can do these things, but it's like, we have seen- you see so many things clear up just by removing certain foods that are inflammatory or increasing hydration, having a water goal or getting somebody to sleep who just hasn't been sleeping. And you start to see like, I said a patient today, she's been off gluten for two weeks and so much of her joint pain has already gone away. And she's like, I would have never thought joints and gluten had any correlation. And And I'm like, well, that's my job. Like that's why I'm here. Right. And it's not, you know, not for everybody. It's like profound like that right away. But I just feel like, and not everybody needs to be off gluten, but I think if we can like start dwindling it down just by stuff that's in our control, because that can be tough, right? If Mm -hmm. if, that can be tough for any doctor, we see you 30 minutes. At least I do in my practice, like the standard doctor might see you for 10 minutes out of however many hours of your life that you're doing. It's like, Wow, you know, I mean, there's a lot yes. of ground to cover. So I think what we're doing every day and what we're exposing ourselves to, what we're watching on the news, what we're, you know, all these things, they all are going to impact you in some way.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, this has been really cool, and I just the whole idea of it always has stuck with me. The whole idea of like whenever something is happening, like I'm feeling a physical symptom, I now stop and I tell myself what's happening emotionally, which is crazy. Oh because good. I'm so I glad. never I never would have done that before. I never would have made that connection that there's I mean other than the general like anxiety. But I think that's like people think of that. But it's like there's so many other emotions. And now I just I literally stop and I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling hundred percent like I'm not sick. I mean clearly because I'm home. Um <laughs> not that you can't get sick. Not that you can't Oh you mean like COVID. Well, or you're
1: just saying they can jump in general, like yeah.
0: COVID too. But like in general, like I, there's, I rarely, I rarely got sick before knock on wood, but like, especially right now where you're being so conscious for everything. Sure. So I'm true. like, what's happening emotionally? Like what, you yeah. know, what am I feeling? And I, it actually helps. Like it helps to kind of, instead of like, you know, that emotion maybe in the past would have just been packed in. It helps to just kind of address it in the moment and just be like, well, I'm mad because, okay, I'm gonna sleep this off, and I'm gonna like worry. You know, I'm gonna see how I feel tomorrow. I'm not gonna worry about yeah. it right now. And so, it's just been—I don't know. It's been very
1: eye-opening. That's awesome. I think that's great. I mean, and I think, I think just having a, like an awareness of your body and asking other questions and like what else is going on. I mean, even my, even like sometimes I'll forget. And I'll be like, "Oh, you know, I feel this," and my husband will be like, "Oh, it's probably emotional," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you're probably right," <laughs> and it's just so funny to like see that because I think it does just expand your awareness a little bit that stress impacts the body. And I, again, I think we all sort of know that, but we don't know it, right? Yes. And so, and then once you know that, you you know, it doesn't always mean you need an N.E.T. session or an emotional work. It just you know maybe you have different tools like the homeopathic sprays I love or some people use oils or journaling or meditating or just like taking a minute, putting your feet on the ground. You know I mean? Like there's yes. so many ways to just like move stuff through the system, but it doesn't, if it doesn't move, that's where we start getting dis-ease or imbalances yes. in the body.
0: Well, and that's why I so much in my own brand focus on the fact that like, you know, with food, when the minute you step over that line and bring and attach what you're eating with stress, is, is you're doing a disservice to yourself because food is supposed to nourish us, food is supposed to be happy and, and soothing and, and make us, you know, we break bread with people. Like food is great and once you step over that line, all of a sudden it's this like stressful thing. Like you need to stop and ask yourself, like what are you doing? Like yeah. why are yeah. you bringing something that's supposed to heal you? Why are you putting stress on it? Because stress is, I know, it's one of the worst things that you can do for yourself.
1: It's so interesting you bring that up and I know we're like wrapping, but I do, I have cleared people uh, emotionally with food sometimes. And I have to say it is really fascinating. Like if you were, I'm just going to kind of a fun little story to end on, but like if there was, let's say you were a child and you were eating ice cream and your parents were fighting behind you. And we have to know, we just know children are narcissistic just by nature of their age, you always think it's about you. And so she's eating this ice cream and her, you know, your parents are fighting behind you and you're all of a sudden you're associating, like I did something wrong. It's my fault. And now you have these reactions to ice cream or dairy all the time. I swear there's been so many times where we actually clear the food and it had some emotional implication. And it's like, isn't that wild? Like, not all of it is just because it's like, quote unquote, not a great food for you or whatever. It's like, sometimes just the frequency can trigger us in some way. And it's just having to go back and like, just erase it. Not erase it, but like, make it better, you know?
0: I believe it. I mean, look at the whole thing, that psychological study of Pavlov's dogs. Like,
1: yeah, that's exactly. We're, yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a hundred percent, like you're a hundred percent can trigger. And this is actually, I'm really glad you actually brought this up because, um, I always like to end my podcast with um, a little snippet of what the next podcast is going to be on. And this oh, is cool. exactly, um, what I'm talking about next time is I have another guest on next time. And we're talking about, um, a lot about mom guilt and food guilt. And, um, I talk, uh, I, talk a little bit about like i my children are not vegan i mean we're not vegan we never have been and people always assume i am because i create vegan and plant-based food but i do that because that's the majority of our diet we're very plant forward because of my husband's health but in life if you look at all my about me is i say that we live a life of balance because of the stress thing and as our kids have gotten older um because when they're little they eat whatever you give them but as they're gotten older i have really started to focus on dissociating, um, guilty, um, bad feelings with food for them, because I really don't want, I want food to be happy. And I don't want any of these triggers when they get older to affect them emotionally with food. So we have allowed them to, when we go out, um, they're allowed to explore and eat whatever they want. You know, I don't care if it's an animal product and not, whatever it is that they want to try, we allow them to try it because I really believe in the whole dissociating
1: the whole guilt that's thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. So, well, that yeah. worked perfectly.
0: Yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about that next time and thank you so much for being here. I'm this was great. I hope that it can help somebody, you know, maybe take a step back and think about and if people are looking for you, where can they find you? And I'll put this all in the notes and everything, but where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so um my I think my Instagram is Dr. Nicole NMD. Mm-hmm. And then my website is Dr. Nicole Krakora. So you'll have to put that in there as maiden name. Um, and so, yeah, and you can reach me through either way. And if, and you can put my email down there too, if you want. And if anybody has any questions or, yeah, it's a, fun, it's a fun conversation. And
0: she's great. So if you're looking for somebody, definitely get in touch. Thank you guys for being here. And thanks so much for um, being on today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.